right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We are on the road in, well, in Norman, but we're at the Trails Golf Club. If, if, just a little sidebar here, because we're today, we're here today to promote the Norman Board of Realtors and their annual golf tournament, which is ongoing as we speak. Let's see, I have a view of, let's see, 10, 11, 12, 13, you're coming back. I think this is 14, the 14T, gorgeous view. Slight little fade to the right. Is that right? Yeah, slight little fade to the right. You got to put your drive right along the golf cart, kind of keep it on that right side. Um, but anytime we get a chance to come out here and hang at the trails, it's awesome. Um, love Alan and his crew. Great group of guys. Of course, Toby's middle son, middle child. I say child. Middle child, Peyton Rowland, uh, is one of the uh, – Assistant pros out here, and if you are new to town or if you maybe have a little bit extra that tax refund in your pocket, you can learn a lot at trailsgolf.com. And I would also encourage those of you who are headed in town, you can get on here, find out about getting a guest pass at trailsgolf.com, or if you know a member. You ready to hit the top five stories of the day? Let's go. Giddy up. Let's do it. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Here we go. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. All righty. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers go to play. You can learn more online right now at newcastlecasino.com. Let's let's start with a little baseball, shall we? Big story number five. Number five. Josh, can we even begin to put into perspective how big that series win was for OU baseball this weekend? No, probably not. Outside of just, uh, I mean, obviously, generically, it's huge. They needed to build off of what they did uh, versus Texas for them to respond after game one was gigantic. And now you got an opportunity coming up midweek and then uh, on to West Virginia where go beat West Virginia, who's leading this Big 12 conference. The RPI situations, I mean, it's in a, a pretty good spot yep. for OU baseball. So go take care of biz this weekend versus West Virginia, Blank. And uh, I think you're kind of knock, knock, knocking on the door of an at-large bid. Dude, I'm going to tell you something. Make the Big 12 standings make sense to me. And then in that, some of the things that have happened this year. Like, for instance, uh, West Virginia, as you eloquently brought up, tops in the conference right now. Oklahoma's headed there. But they're coming off a sweep of Baylor. That makes sense. But how does Baylor have a series win over Oklahoma? (laughs) Right? Because Baylor has just been leaking. They're leaking oil. But they went down to Waco this week, and West Virginia did, swept Baylor, They've got Pitt on Wednesday, and then Oklahoma is headed there for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series in Morgantown. And as you said, they're sitting atop the conference, but the Sooners are playing really good ball. Oklahoma State is out of conference for back-to-back weekends. They play Michigan, and they won two of those games. The third game got canceled. They're out of conference this weekend, and then they host Kansas State in two weeks. Meanwhile, Kansas State is like the hottest thing going right now in the Big 12. They took the series from Texas Tech. Um, they're currently tied for second at 11-7 and seven overall. 
Um, who does Kansas State have coming up next? They, uh, they're out of conference. They're going to play Wichita State on Tuesday. They've got Southeast Missouri State, and then they play Oklahoma State and TCU. And then speaking of TCU, Josh, I thought maybe Texas could be in trouble, right? They just got swept by Oklahoma. They're hitting the road to take on TCU. And Texas is taking two of the first three from TCU. They're playing this afternoon at 1 o'clock. So Oklahoma is right there tied with Texas Tech at 9-9 nine and nine right now. But, at, I mean, that's second. That's basically third in the conference based on what happens to Texas today. That's crazy to me. Well, and talking about this week, Plank, for Oklahoma – with with Dallas Baptist there, who's 15th in the RPI, and West Virginia, who, oh, by the way, is 16th in the RPI. Oklahoma, right. even though they won their series, they dropped seven spots back because the RPI just doesn't really like Kansas that much. Kansas is, uh, I, I believe, 114th nationally in that metric. So, But for OU, you go win three out of these four, and they're going to skyrocket this week. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um Big story number four. Number four. All right, big story number four. Dylan Gabriel. Now, I, I, I'm I, not familiar too much, and maybe I should be, with Adam Brenneman. Do you know who Adam Brenneman is, Josh? No, I do not. Okay. Well, then that makes two of us. Um, he has a show. That's called, and I guess everyone has a podcast now, which, again, that's awesome, so we get plenty of content, but I, I don't know I don't know how all of them are able to have success. But, um, oh, you know what? I do know who Adam Brenneman is. I know who Adam Brenneman is. I just talked to him last week, as a matter of fact. Adam Brenneman runs Mercury. Mercury. And they had a sit-down with Dylan Gabriel, and I appreciate whichever sooner – Website, y'all are confusing the hell out of me with these websites now. But I, um, I might have been sooner gridiron that posted this from a conversation that Adam Brenneman had with Dylan. Remember, Gabriel. maybe the day before leaving to UCLA, I get the call and then I come back into my mom and dad, and I'm like, Coach Love called, and it was a funny 48 hours to that decision. But it was the day before you were gonna leave for UCLA. The day before, yep. so you were backed out, ready to roll. Like I had my suitcase out and stuff. I remember just getting the call from Coach Love, and it's like, boomer. And I'm like, <laughs> oh boy. Fast forward right here. So a, a story that we all know, but. Again, it's out. Why do we always have to put music behind every single video that we do of anybody? I think I can barely hear what he's saying. Is that old man get off my lawn? Like so. So wait a minute. They called you right. I mean, that's all I heard. It does during that not. Whole thing. It does not translate to radio well. I don't think day. it translates to TV either. Anyway, uh, give it a listen, though. I will say it was a really good conversation. I listened to it. Um, to, to give you the nuts and bolts of it, bottom line, they, Oklahoma, uh, they feel Dylan Gabriel really confident about the offseason and some glowing things to say, too, about that quarterback room. So, DG making the rounds, doing a little off-season conversation. But I felt, I don't know about you, Josh, I felt anticipation this weekend on the recruiting side, and not because every single one of the recruiting websites seemed to change teams over the weekend, but it it seems like this was a really good weekend on the recruiting side for Oklahoma. Uh, what a lot of uh, twenty five guys that they were talking about this weekend. So 
Seems like it might have been a really good weekend for Oklahoma Sooner recruiting, and we'll start seeing some of the rewards reaped over the next few days. Let's hope so, right? And OU's been on this nice little uh, stretch here. Actually, started with the 25 class and quarterback Kevin Sperry, but this last month, month and a half, which is, again, the the portion of the calendar now where it seems like Oklahoma's going to make their hay is right here, tail end of the spring, into the spring game, and then that couple of months afterwards. And once again, it just feels like that's that's what this staff is doing again. Mm. Um, Grayson Harris, 2025 wide receiver, will be committing at 430 today. So um, I, I don't see a lot of the do-you-like-covered wagons but I do see a lot of confidence that he's going to end up as an Oklahoma Sooner. So we'll have our eyes on Grayson Harris coming out this afternoon. I'm sure Parker and um, everyone's going to be all over it. Steelman Parker coming up at noon. But that's the big name to keep an eye on today. Grayson Harris, the wider receiver, who's going to be making his announcement at 4.30. Then Parker will recap everything that took place over the weekend. Anything else OU football-wise? I mean, we got the draft coming up we're going to talk about in big story number two, but it, it seemed like the portal closed and it was a relatively quiet weekend. We didn't have any more Colorado guys going to the portal, which is surprising. I haven't heard anything about Jane Davis yet. Have you? I have not, no. I haven't heard anything about Corey Roberson either. So we'll – We'll watch. We'll wait. The portal closed. But remember, you as a grad transfer, you can go in anytime you want. And, you know, the, the NCAA claims that they're kind of trying to ratchet down on waivers for people that have already transferred once. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out um, over the next, you know, 24 to 48 hours because just because the portal is now closed – doesn't mean you won't start having a few names still trickle out because it's a you just have to have I don't I don't know if I need to reset this or not but you just have to have your paperwork in and the school to process it but I don't I don't know I I don't hear too much about uh, anything going on right now it's been kind of quiet in the portal for Oklahoma hasn't it Outside of Jane Davis and Corey Roberson and rumors of a couple of guys that they've talked to and they've offered, I think, what, one offensive lineman was mentioned in there, a defensive lineman as well. But it seems like it's been a little bit more clandestine in this second portal window. Well, and I don't know if we wanted or expected. I should say, I mean, obviously, fans are always going to want additions via the uh, the transfer portal. But did we expect some stampede late in this uh transfer portal window closing. I don't know that it, it felt like the writing was on the wall for that. You went and you got Brennan Thompson. Right. And, uh, I mean, that's that's probably about it for a little while. When you say a stampede, do you mean more with the Sooners bringing guys in or guys going out? Uh, bringing guys in, like a, a land run to Oklahoma. Oh, look at you. Hey, going back to Thursday's show. That's All right. right. <laughs> Throw um, back. I don't know. It's a good question. I didn't really expect it. I think they like what they've got. Um I mean, obviously, there wasn't a massive major injury that came out of the spring, right? Uh, We never really saw a lot of or heard a lot about Gentry Williams after his scare, but it seems like like he'll be ready to go when the season rolls around. Who am I leaving out that, you know, you come out of the spring game, you're like, 
Ooh, kind of – Nick Anderson, never really saw him out on the field. So, But I felt like with receiver, they got Brandon Thompson. And let's remember of the freshmen that weren't there during the spring, you've got both of your wide receivers coming in. Did we do this bit the other day about positions you wouldn't mind seeing them hit in the portal? Yeah, maybe I mean, we we've, we've maybe done this bit, day. but hey, rehash the bit. Rehash the bit. Yeah, I don't know of – I don't know of anything that I'm looking at. I'm like, damn, they better go get some depth there. I, I I feel like they feel pretty good. Some will always say, well, what about linebacker? Okay, that's fair. But, you know, in Canick and in Colby McKenzie and what Kip Lewis, as he continues to add weight, I I mean, I'm never going to speak for Coach Venables, but I think they feel pretty good about the numbers they have there. They just want a little bit more experience. Everyone's always looking for more depth on the defensive line. But, you know, how has that been bolstered a bit by putting Laula uh, back inside, who looked of all the names we didn't mention last week, he had a pretty good spring. I don't know. It seems like it's been kind of quiet. So you bring in Johnson from Texas, and that might be it for a while for Oklahoma. Now I feel like all those eyes are focused on that 2025 recruiting class, and I don't know numbers-wise if there's anyone that they might be looking to add here late, but – I'm sure Parker will be all over it coming up in just a bit if there is. All right, uh, anything else to add on OU football before we get to the draft coming up in a bit? Are we good? To the draft we go. All right, well, that's a big story, too. We got a big story three first. Well, number three. I guess it might have made more sense to go ahead and do a big story three, and that they, it would be copacetic in talking about football. But I am not good. I am not good at keeping things kind of on the, uh, on the up and up. I am – I'm going to screw it up, and I'm not going to do it the way that it's supposed to do uh, or supposed to be because we're talking about the NBA, Josh Helmer. And yesterday in a dire Game 7 situation, Steph Curry had one of the – I mean, I think we can say it – one of the greatest Game 7 performances that maybe we've ever seen. Wait for it. Draymond gets the inbounds back to Curry, takes a three, and hits it with the buzzer sounding. Are you kidding me? He had 50, 50 yesterday. Here's Steve Kerr afterwards. I think the first thing, two things that come to mind are Steph Curry having 50 points in a game seven, never been done before, incredible. And Kevon Looney um, just keeps doing it every game. Uh, 21 boards tonight, 10 offensive. I thought he controlled much of the game with his offensive boards. I think Loon is one of the best centers in the league. Here here real quick is Mike Brown talking about Steph. Steph was, he he was elite. He did what he was supposed to do. He put these guys on his back and he said, we're not losing tonight. And I'm going to make sure that that happens. So you give Steph a, 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 a ton of credit for doing exactly what he was supposed to do. Heck of a performance by him. Yeah, yeah, disappointing, I'm sure, for the Sacramento Kings. But you kind of get the sense that they're not going anywhere. So the Warriors move on to a showdown with the Lakers. And that series will start tomorrow? Then you've got Miami, who won game one over the New York Knicks, 108-101, even with Jimmy Butler hurting. So they've they've kind of... Miami does what it needs to do, which is win the first game of that series. Tonight you get two games. You get the Sixers and the Celtics um, game time for Joel Embiid. Then at 9 o'clock tonight you get the Suns and the Nuggets. The Nuggets dominated game one of that series. And then there you go, Lakers-Warriors tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Anything else from the NBA that caught your eye from the weekend? 
impressive what Steph Curry w- was able to do, man. I mean, just historic. Uh, that's one of the all-time greats being an all-time great in a moment where y- you kind of thought maybe it was going to go to the the young Kings, but instead he just was too marvelous to allow that to happen. Yep. All right. Um, big story number two. Number two. You know what? My heart felt a little bit better this weekend, Josh Helmer, whenever I saw that the Raiders were going to were trying to trade back, and when they were trying to trade back, they were trying to trade back for Anton Harrison. So I felt pretty, pretty smart. Like I kind of know, even though I have no clue what's going on, but that that shows you just how just how crazy that the draft board was for certain teams, right? So the Raiders were looking at Anton Harrison if they moved back to 12, and he eventually went at number 27 in the first round. So, again, I'm, I'm happy that Anton landed in a spot where he's probably going to end up being a, an opening day starter. Um, I don't want to get too carried away here by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I, I was happy to see Anton Harrison go in the first round. I was pumped to see Marvin and Mims go in the second. Wanye Morris in the third still blew my mind. All right, third or fourth? No, third for Wanye Morris. Fifth round for Eric Gray. Seventh round for Braden Willis. And then you had a a bevy of undrafted free agents, which included what? Jalen Redmond of Minnesota. Um, And Justin Broyles ended up getting picked up by the Bears. I don't know why I'm spacing on where Chris Murray went, but it's – I had them all right here in front of me, and suddenly everything on my computer just went to you-know-what. But it, it don't start texting because I won't get them for five minutes, and then we'll be way behind everything else. But was it was it Minnesota for C.J. Colton? Anyway, Colton got an opportunity, as did um, – as did Justin Broyles in Chicago, and for some reason Broyles to Chicago is the only one that's popping straight to the top of my mind. Um, Redmond, Jalen Redmond got picked up. You don't have these in front of you either, do you, while well, my computer freezes? I do not, but I can tell you, yes, C.J. Colden with the Vikings. Okay. So then where did Jalen Redmond end up? Uh, let's find out. I can tell you in two seconds. I thought it was Minnesota. Yeah, there's, uh, there's Minnesota who ends up going out and getting – C.J. Colton, as Josh just mentioned. Why, like Seattle, for some reason, is a place that popped to mind where I was thinking about. But, yeah. Carolina. Uh, Carolina. Dang it. I wasn't even close. You know, a team like Seattle. You mean Carolina? Yes, Carolina. And Same then, lit- difference. Literally, as soon as you said that, uh, everything starts working on my computer. <laughs> so, uh, if you were curious, that's that's how things have played out for me. Trey Morrison – got picked up by the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know how many people have talked about that or have seen that. There's Redmond to Carolina, Justin Broyles to Chicago. Um, Oh, look, Brock Martin got picked up by the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Michael Turks got an opportunity with the Miami Dolphins, saw Turk yesterday, C.J. Colden with the Minnesota Vikings, and Sean White picked up by the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, there's Chris Murray. Chris Murray by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So there you go. There is the official list that was waiting for me to read on my computer until we decided to have a live brain fart on the air. You people that try to tell me to go to this Macintosh, you people that tell me the MacBook Air is the way to go, it's not. 
I won my cracked screen back. Anyway, um, there you go. There's all the Sooners and where they ended up. Overall, Josh, was there one team that you came away from and said, holy smokes, I think they had an awesome draft? Uh, I mean, just a lot of the teams that probably we talked about on Friday that uh, that did really well in the, the first round. I mean, I, I thought Seattle early got off to a great start in this draft. Uh, I'm, you know, I know others are skeptical. I'm kind of excited about what Detroit did in I the draft. Too. So, I don't know. What, what about for you? Anybody just totally jump out that you think uh, had a sensational draft? Um. I'm going to say this quick, and I'm going to move on fast. You ready? Yeah. The Indianapolis Colts. I love what the Colts did. So let's move on. Big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. I I can't sit here and and build up Toby and Drake anymore. What they did was fantastic. Fantastic. It was incredible. They get not only my favorite cornerback in this draft, they get my favorite quarterback in this draft, they get my favorite defensive lineman in this draft. Chris Ballard did what Chris Ballard does. He went out and drafted freak athletes, and uh, I, I I love everything that Indy did. Um, and you know what? I'll add to it. I like what they did in the undrafted free agents as well. So, boo! Boo this man! Because I love what the Colts did. All right, uh, big story number one. When we come back, I'm going to have my voice, my post-game interview with Coach and Kinsey Hansen from yesterday. We'll talk about Oklahoma's win in the series over the Kansas Jayhawks and now getting set for Tulsa tomorrow and Oklahoma State Sooner softball. Uh, right now, I think without a doubt, the best team in college softball. Dare I even say, playing the best. They won 37 straight games. They're 45-1. and one. They've already clinched the conference championship, and now they have four games left in the regular season before the Big 12 championship. We'll recap the weekend that was next right here on The Wrap. Alright, I need another segment, Josh, before I can get this audio edited. I'm so angry right now. If I pick this computer up and throw it in this lake or pond or whatever the hell this thing is right next to me, I just want you all to know that it was warranted. It took. Welcome back into the Plank Show. Uh, we'll hit texts here. You'll hear Coach Casso's post game in our next segment and our very special post game guest, one Joseph Champ Gasso. Have you heard Joseph photobomb the post game interview yet? <laughs> I can't wait. The audio version of photobombing, well, I would play it if my computer liked me. But I'm having a day where my computer just doesn't like me. Everything else is good. I'm at a golf course, watching people golf, thinking about ways I can fix my swing. There's a NASCAR race on right now that I'm watching. I mean, it's a, it's a good day, Josh. Why does my computer want to fight me? What's this problem? Where are we going? Where are we going? Um, Gunny writes, so then via transitive property, OU sweeps Texas. Texas sweeps Okie-like, OU should sweep Okie-like. Yeah, here's the thing. Oklahoma State might not be playing its best ball, but you're going to get their best effort Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Unless they've completely checked out. Judging by the way they bounced back from the game they lost on Saturday, I don't think they've checked out. Um, You know, to the earlier texter that brought up pulling Nicole May with an inning to go in a a no-hitter, Dodger Blaine does remind us 
Uh, Kershaw was pulled during a perfect game after the seventh. Was that this year or was that last year against Minnesota? Every year runs together when it comes it, to major. I think League it was baseball. last year. Was it last year? Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't this year. I don't think it was. Um, the four hundred five writes. My top two in my recruitment is Sooner Scoop and OU Insider. I will be announcing on September first. <laughs> Can I ask a really dumb question? You may. Yeah. Like their websites are still the same, right? Like I go to SoonerScoop.com and I still see Kerry, and I go to OUInsider.com and I, I mean, I, I still see Parker and. Brandon, right? Correct. Correct. So uh, what was all the hubbub about? Well, I mean, you've got different parent companies and okay. contracts and different things and ownership stakes. A lot of hands uh, shifting around. Hmm. Hmm. But, I mean, what really changes? Well, I, where, where different folks are at. I mean, the uh, – 24-7 sports recruiting rankings are different from the rivals' recruiting rankings or different from the on-three recruiting rankings. Okay. So it's not just one of them says crystal balls and the other says future cast or forecast or the other one has their – I mean, it's more than just changing their the name in which they predict what they're doing. Yeah, it's different. Okay. I mean, the, the the rankings are not the same across each service. Right. You have different national folks ranking them and – why wouldn't you just go with the guys that rank Oklahoma higher if you're wanting to be on a Sooner site? That's what I would do. If I was looking for a Raiders website, I would go to the guys that that voted the Raiders players higher than the others. Well, the the thing is that varies on the player, right? I mean, oh, okay. Because you got different uh, evaluations of different prospects. I was blown away to see how big of a story that was on my timeline, to be honest with you. Happy for everybody. I hope everybody's getting paid. Because isn't that usually what's at the crux of all of this? Isn't it about the money? Sure it is. So Parker is still at OU Insider, though, right? That's correct. But he was saying goodbye to 24-7. That's right. Yeah, they're they're just – we'll let him him share the news. He he could do a much better job than I think either you or I. You did an incredible job laying it out to me off the air, and now you're, like, turtling on me. Okay, well, well, I mean, do you want me to – Yeah, I'm confused as all get out. So, because I understand on three, and I understand rivals, and I understand twenty four seven sports. But if the name of their website isn't changing, why do they feel like they need to over explain it? Would people really freak out if they're like, "Wait a minute"? Well, you've got would- memberships to, to, so there's the three major recruiting websites. You've got twenty four seven sports. You've got rivals. You've got on three. Exactly. If you've got an annual membership to rivals and the team's moving to on three or 24 seven sports and they're moving to rivals. Gotcha. It's uh, you know, how is my subscription? How does my membership carry over? What does that mean? How do I onboard it? Uh, You know, on and on and on fancy word onboard. See, now I get it. Okay. That makes sense. So I, I guess maybe in, in my mind, Oh wait, no, wait, hold on here. They're saying the website did change. So Soonerscoop.com doesn't take you to Carrie and Eddie and Bob and them anymore? I th- I thought that it was going to, but m- maybe I'm incorrect on that. I don't know. I- I'm asking questions. I have no clue because I thought if that website still took you there, that makes it easy. I'm pretty sure that they do. And, and maybe maybe there's just still some technical kinks to work out. But There's only one person that's telling us we're wrong. So here, I'm going to try it out live on the air. I go to Soonerscoop.com. It, it took me to on three. 
Yeah, and that'll be the same for OU Insider, okay. I'm sure. So I'm going to OUinsider.com. Hold on here. Let's find out together. OUinsider.com. Um, this took me to something called Sooners Illustrated on 24-7 sports. So does that mean – So hold on here. OU Insider took me to, to Rivals. Oh, did it really? Yeah. That's wild. Okay, so it took – let's see here. Yeah, it took me to 24-7 sports. Dun-dun-dun. There's controversy. There is controversy, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, I I just, I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't know. I'm happy that everyone got paid. I just, I just want everyone to get all the recruiting information they can possibly have. Uh, here's a quick question off the text line. If OU was able to play a softball game in the football stadium, do you think it would sell out? I don't know. I want to believe it would. I don't know. I think the uniqueness of it would bring in a lot of people. I mean, that's – I would love to see what the configuration would look like. I think it was the mainline podcast that had a drawing – that was up and kind of laid things out of what it would look like. Um, and, and if you're wondering where that would come from, when when Coach Gasso was addressing the crowd after the senior day ceremony, uh, as she was addressing the crowd, she said, and you know, I saw the Nebraska volleyball had 82,000 in Memorial Stadium and – I know what my next conversation is going to be with Joe Castiglione. Right, which is awesome. I, I don't know. I think it. I think it could come close. You I could. Mean, uh, I. I feel pretty confident. The the lower bowl, you know. Right. Well, I don't even know. Do we say the lower bowl? The the <laughs> lower section of Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. I think again because of what you talked about, Plank. The unique nature of it. And with the right opponent, it would be such an event that, yeah, I, and there's such a draw for Oklahoma softball, I think you'd, you'd have a chance to turn it into basically a massive spring game type audience. 405 says, give Sooner Nation some credit. If we were called to fill the football stadium for a softball game, we 100% would. I'm, I'm not doubting Sooner Nation. It's just that's a lot of people, man. Eighty-two thousand people. I think they would. I want to be there for it. I know that. Yeah, Patrick. It would be a very short left field. Um, I mean, a, a routine fly ball. I mean, it, I was watching baseball in Mexico City this week when the Padres like it just nonstop scored twenty runs. Yeah, I think they would have to configure it a little bit different. I just don't know how it would work. It'd be a cool idea, though. I think that they could come pretty close to it. Cool idea. And, and literally, have you seen – did you happen to see the setup that Nebraska had for the volleyball court and what it looks like? Uh, I saw people talking about it. I didn't okay. – look. I'll, I'll find it right now. Go- Google it up, and I'm here to tell you right now. Some of those seats, you're not there to watch a volleyball game. You're just there to be part of an atmosphere because <laughs> there is no way that you could be seeing that match from where you're sitting. But with softball – I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see it take a shot. I think it'd be pretty cool. All right. Are we, uh, are we as T-Row likes to say, 
caught up on the text line, I think for the most part. But I am a uh, I'm excited if we can make that happen. I'm excited if we can make that happen. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, I promise you, Patty Gasso, um, uh, post game with a very special guest that jumps in and helps us out next, right here on the ref. I made a couple of these texts real quick. I, I don't understand this mindset, all right, from the 405. Let's try having softball at Chickasaw Ballpark first and see where it goes from there. Bro, what, what, what more do you need to see that they would draw? And wh- why would you take it out of Norman and put it back in Oklahoma City? That's I, I don't I don't our, our ma'am whoever that is because you wouldn't. <laughs> I, and it's and it's almost like a, a tone of well we'll we'll see. I mean I, I understand that it's a fair point to say well what about in a you know pseudo big league park? I mean Chickasaw Brick Tom Ballpark's pretty damn amazing in my book. But yeah I I don't it's it, it's something that would be unique and it was something that would be different. The 580 writes, well, they would have to make it an alumni game. I disagree completely. I mean, you're telling me that people wouldn't show out if you put a an, an Oklahoma, heck, even if Arkansas or Oklahoma State game and try to do something pretty unique with the crowd. Or Texas? You're telling me that you would have to put an alumni game to get people to go? No, if, I disagree with that. If you put the charge together for Sooner Nation to answer the call to create – an environment like never seen before in softball history in a football stadium like that, I think you'd have a better chance to sell 80000 at OU than you would to fill Chickasaw Bricktown Ballpark because of the unique angle to it. Agreed. Absolutely positively agreed. All right, so you didn't get to hear my post-game on the field with Patty Gasso, right? I did not, but uh, let's hear it. It is, Val. It just, uh, it might look easy, but it certainly isn't. I'm proud of this team and how well they played all season, but especially in conference. What about the job that you got uh, at the plate today from T.R.A. Jennings? What's that, Joseph? Tell me all about it, buddy. How do we feel? That's right. Uh, I think he's talking about dinosaurs, right? Anyway, uh, overall, the performance of T.R.A. Jennings, now we're going to get a little dance from this team. This means a lot to them. they got to celebrate their dubs, right? They do because they get a lot and it's just sometimes it's just constant work and when they have fun, they play hard, but when they have fun, they have fun hard too. So <laughs> they practice. I heard them practicing this in the locker room before we came out. So yeah, it's a big deal. Go enjoy it. That's all you want from me. Well, I could talk to you the rest of the night, Coach, but I want you to enjoy your girls celebrating here. Yes, this is interesting. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Go get them. Congratulations. That's head coach Pat. Did you catch my man Joseph getting in there? Pretty yeah, good, right? That's that's fun. That's fun. <laughs> now, have you been able to make out what he's saying by I, any I by would any like chance? to hear it again. No, I don't have the foggiest idea. Well, I, I, I know this for certain. What's up, brother? How are you, man? Good to see you, dude. Um, there is one thing that I know for certain, Josh Helmer. There is something in there about dinosaurs, right? Because Joseph is a big dinosaur guy. But um, let's see here. Let me try this again. Let's see if I can. I don't know if I can cue it up to the spot, but 
It's a fairly short answer anyway on the first one, right? It is, pal. It just uh, <laughs> that almost it worked might out well. Easy, but it certainly isn't. I'm proud of this team and how well they played all season, but especially in conference. What about the job that you got uh, at the plate today from T.R.A. Jennings? What's that, Joseph? Tell me all about it, buddy. How do we feel? Bananas and waffles because of dinosaurs. That's right. I heard bananas and waffles. Because of and the dinosaur. Because I love dinosaurs is what I think was in it. Let me, let me see. From T.R.A. Jennings. What's that, Joseph? Tell me all about it, buddy. How do we feel? That's right. <laughs> I wish, you know, some of these, some of these guys that do their post-game interviews, they'll, uh, or even their pre-game interviews, they'll do it and they'll be holding their camera and they'll be, or their phone and they'll be videoing it. And I've always kind of pushed back against that because to me, I'm like, just just you know, talk to the person. You don't need to sit there and video it with your phone while you're talking to them. Um, but now I kind of think since that moment, Josh, maybe I need to have my phone there videoing as well so you could have the visual that I had when this happened. How do, buddy, how do we feel? That's right. <laughs> and I just want to make this clear. I didn't pull the mic away from him. My man just was gone. He was doing his thing, and he was moving. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be fair about it. It's, there's more important, more pressing matters. you got to get out of there. <laughs> Here was – I talked to Kinsey Hansen afterwards, asked her what it meant for this team winning its 11th straight conference title. You no, know, it feels great. I mean, sorry, my voice is gone. But um, we've been working our butts off on and off the field and mentally, physically, emotionally, all of these things. They've, we've really seen all of it come to fruition, and I think that's a really big deal for this team, especially because, you know, we're not hitting 100 home runs every single game, but we're getting it done the way that we know how. And there's so many different elements that we bring to the game, which is a huge deal for us. And then real quick, this senior class, pretty special group, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, I don't know college softball without these women. So seeing them go is, uh, it's going to be a new phase next year for a lot of us. Yeah. There you go. Great screen, great slides. And of course the, uh, the newcomer seniors in Haley Lee and Alex Duraco. It's a good weekend. Good weekend. And Joseph made his debut on the post game, which I think it's got to become a regular thing. Feel. That's right. <laughs> uh, are you playing music or is that out here? That's out there. Oh my gosh! I was completely shook. I'm like, who's playing music at a golf course right now? <laughs> I was like, are you trying? Are you trying to play me off right now, Josh? No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get one final check of the text line next with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. We're live at the Trails Golf Club in Norman as we are celebrating. The Norman Board of Realtors annual golf tournament to benefit the Norman Public Schools. And this is the home of Sooner fans. Well, this has opened up quite the little can of worms near the end of the show, has it not? Almost hate that we waited to start talking about it until now. I have the audio of Coach Gasso mentioning it. I'm going to, it's, we didn't have the. I was not a good engineer this weekend, I think is the best way to put it. But I'll get it and play it for you. Um, I I can't tell you enough about how cool it is just to see people trying to come up with a way in which the field could fit into the football stadium. Uh, who is this? At uh, SEC Sooner 34 sent me the tweet that had been making the rounds 
where they basically just superimposed the Sooner softball field into the football stadium. Would make for a little bit of a short porch and left, probably some safety concerns in foul territory. You know who we need to ask is we need to ask Jason Ferris. We need to ask the grounds crewman, uh, the boss man over there at Owen Field if it's if it could e- even be a logistical possibility. That's just me. Um, Douglas Miles, though, brings up a really good point. All right, let's do it, Josie, because Sooner Nation will be ticked off if UCLA, Florida State, or Texas do it first. <laughs> I think we're good, though, Douglas, on on not having to worry about Texas or UCLA doing it. Texas, maybe, if they got hot, made a couple of runs. UCLA, I mean, they barely get people come to their games. Uh, from the 918, if OU does make an attempt to have it in the Palace, make it a doubleheader or a weekend series to make the stadium effort worth it. Norman would love another big crowd. I like the money for our local business. And by the way, the, the person that suggested the Chickasaw Ballpark fired back in and said, hey, I wasn't trying to be a jerk about it, but just, you know, logistically how it would work. I believe, I believe Sooner Nation would support it. I just... I need to go stand and kind of – I've never thought of the football stadium, Josh, as holding a softball field. So now I've got to kind of look at it and think about, okay, what would that look like? How would it work? What could we do to make it safe? Or what could we do to where, you know, it would – I almost said strategically, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Logistically makes sense. Yeah, it, it was fun watching people try and map the stadium in there. Oh, they're they're now all over my mentions, so that's good. <laughs> It'd be fun, though. It'd be cool. I would love to be a part of trying to promote it. I would love to be a part of trying to make Like next year, hey, our, our final game before a game at Love's Field, uh, because it's not ready yet, so we need to play one game. Let's do it at Owen Field. Let's go. Anyway, I'm glad Coach brought that up. 82000 for a Nebraska volleyball game. Coach said, all right, let's make this something for softball. You love to see it. Hey, fun show today. Thanks to the Trails. Always great host for Allen and his crew. And we'll see you back here finally in studio tomorrow, Josh.